Welcome to the Wild Women Within podcast, a podcast for women and those interested in women's health. I'm Brenda Rock, a yoga and well-being therapist, and I am joined by my co-hosts Helena Barker, an acupuncturist and naturopath specialising in women's health, and Margaret Walsh, a physical therapist and women's coaching specialist. Together we're embarking on the journey to explore the diverse experiences and stages of life as women. In each episode, we'll share our own stories, collective knowledge and insights from the world of health and well-being. From yoga and acupuncture to physical therapy and much, much more, we'll dive deep into the mind-body connection. Our goal is to inspire you to think, question and cultivate self-awareness. We want you to embrace the idea that we are all unique in our own ways and through kindness to ourselves and each other we can uplift and support one another so get ready to unleash the wild women within and join us on this empowering journey welcome to the wild women within podcast let's begin and we're back ladies we're back after how long? When was it we had our last get together? December. A break. Yes. <laughs> a lot has happened in that time as well. It has. Yes. Helena, what have you been up to? Well, Bonnie is seven and a half months. I went back to work at four and a half months, part time, which has been interesting. Well done. Yeah, it's been a nice to see how to juggle life and family and work-life balance a big change huge mm. congratulations yeah, well on done. joining the rat race <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what about you margaret in our time that we haven't anything i might be springing this on you a little bit but well i feel like yesterday was december so i don't know what i've been doing mm. working in the rat race as well, well you, you've got your new premises and did all that oh yeah opened yeah. a new clinic yeah um opened a new clinic yeah that's that's kind of busy yeah shorts um inventing some shorts yeah for ladies <laughs> women um still doing my talks around schools and colleges and sports well places busy busy what about you brenda um well i've decided to go back to study why was that yeah so that i mean we've all had big changes i'm going back to study herbal medicine um so I'm yeah with, uh, yeah i am yeah. very excited yeah. that you're gonna hook me up i know i was gonna make, <laughs> i was gonna make some hawthorn tea first <laughs> this morning you could have i know <laughs> this with hawthorn in it. Why? What does that do? Horthorn's amazing. It's all out at the moment. The white, the white stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I've, and I've been it's drinking right. the tea. So there's loads actually at my house because I only seen it yesterday and showed Neela. And um, what do I do? It's lovely for your heart, for your heart energy and just heart health, like physically as well. Um, grab a few of the flowers and yeah. the leaves, uh, just a handful, stick them in your teapot, bit of hot water, leave it stand for five, ten minutes and then drink it. That's it. So some of them can be quite pungent. Make sure that um, you're collecting it from a place that's not close to the ground, that's mm-hmm. not near a field that might have been sprayed, that's not close to a busy road. So if you have them out in your back garden, mm-hmm. that's usually OK as well. Um, yeah, go I'm ahead. Not sure and do if it. I'm right, though, but maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. don't know. Um, 
it is actually used in some medication for the heart. Oh, yeah, it is. It is, isn't it? And they're doing a lot more studies on it. Yeah. There's a lot of research on it. That's the one thing I'm discovering as well with this course. There's so much um, research and papers, not enough, but they're, they're, they're doing more. But what they tend to do is they take a component, like so the big pharma companies will take a component of what they think works in it. And then that's what they'll put the money into and the research into and the whole lot. But what tends to happen with the herbs and the plants is you're looking at the it's the whole plant because mm. there'll be other parts of that plant that either help that component or, um, yeah. There's a look at I could talk about it all day, but yeah, I'm excited. Very I'm excited. interesting. We're going into the heart time now. Yes, that's it. And it always is Chinese. Yeah, twelve month clock thing. Yeah, sorry. And it's whatever plants are grown around you, whatever plants are in season at that mm -hmm. time is usually coincides with the elements or whatever. Like say in spring, we had dandelions, there was loads of dandelions, mm -hmm. the cleavers start coming up Just and they're all better. cleansing. Yeah, and it's the time and of spring the cleaning. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. That is so interesting. Yeah. Isn't it and great? It's I love hot. it. It's like hot summer and heat and yeah. And the thing is, if your heart's unbalanced in Chinese medicine, you can get nightmares, you can be excess sweating, oh. you can get increased anxiety just, and from a lot of heat things, a lot of heat signs. Wow. So rather than looking on Google, you could just look out the window. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's and in your garden? The world will give you an answer. True. Very true. Yeah. Dr. Google. Mm -hmm. So we had written down today that we were going to talk about... Uh, period cycles, <clears throat> menstrual cycle awareness, and it actually is today is menstrual International Menstrual Health Awareness Day. Today being what day is it? The twenty eighth of May, and uh, um, I know uh, Kitty McGuire does a lot of great stuff around all of this. The the Revolution period, um, so the Menstrual Hygiene Awareness Day began in Germany in 2013 and it became a global movement in 2014. This is from an email from Kitty. And then she started the Revolution period in Ireland in 2020. And um, the focus was to end period poverty and eradicate um, menstrual shame. So I think that's something we could all get down with. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And Margaret, you're doing quite a good bit of that with your um stuff with the late the young women and the shorts how's how's all that going you're still giving your talks and that yeah so still giving the talks in um sports clubs um some schools and yeah it's going good it's just about a rate more so I come in at it um to try and educate the young girls themselves about their cycle and how it affects them mostly coming at it like performance mm. um and just making them aware of how they will feel and how it will and what, them. what like what kind of feedback do you get then after after you've done it um it's funny so the talks i try to encourage the parents the mentors and the coaches because everybody needs to be aware of it especially in a sports setting or a club setting so um the funny part is normally, typically the, the the mothers are, you know, slapping each other, going, Shh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're like 50. Um, the girls themselves are very much, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no big deal. 
Um, and then you'll notice some of the men typically nod off. But then if I'll give a little scenario, like you might notice sometimes um, you leave a plate on top of a dishwasher and one particular day, the female in your house might come in and they're going to absolutely kill you and burn down the house because of this plate. And then a couple of days later, you leave the plate in the same position and all's well. <laughs> So I'll give little synopsis and then the men are like, that makes sense. <laughs> um, so it's just about teaching them about the natural ebb and flow of the hormonal cycle, that it's completely natural, uh, but how it affects you in reality. Yeah. In regards how they feel and exercise and well-being. Do, do you get them to um, track their cycle? Yeah. So the big thing. <laughs> I'm telling this. Helen is just blowing her nose. <laughs> okay, Helena. Sorry. It's the Helen. Um, Helena's delighted to have some time out. She'll be painting her nails here next. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Tracking. Oh, um, tracking. So once I give them all the deets, uh, which we'll talk about now, I suppose, about your natural cycle um then I'll just explain you know it's it's not about changing it it's just about understanding it and then once you understand it you have some control over it so you can't control it unless you track it and then if you do have certain symptoms whether it be low mood low uh your performance is affected night sweats you know anxiety or whatever Mm. pms uh you track it you're prepared and then once you're prepared you can work with it yeah yeah you know, it's not about we can't play sport because for three days you might have some PMS. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's understanding that the ebb and flow of the hormones is very natural because mm. we are too quick, which really annoys me. And I say it myself. Well, no, I don't say it. My lovely husband says to me, goes, oh, it must be your hormones. Mm. Oh yeah. my god, that makes me angry. And yeah. you can see this happening now because menopause has gotten such exactly uh you know um, it's it's been talked about, but now a lot of stuff has been oh yeah, it's, it starts the morning. And it's not a lot of that is like you know, stuff is shit and you need to voice it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe it's an outlet to do it. And it's the same with with menstrual with cycles. menstrual cycles as well. I remember um one of my, actually, I think it was Dealish that said, or no, actually, it wasn't Dealish. It was a lovely woman. I worked with Anna and she said that that time before our period, yeah. before your bleed, where everything builds up and the tension and the whole lot and things explode, that's actually the place where it's facilitated. You're facilitating all of that stuff to come out that you've been keeping inside for the, the three weeks before that. This is when it all comes out. And you're so stuck at that time, Chinese men, me, Chinese medicine, from a Chinese medicine perspective, mm. your liver energy is banging against a brick wall and it makes sense that you drop everything, you forget everything, yeah. you're angry, you, mm. you've got PMS because you know you're, you, this is what's happening yeah. in your body, yeah. you know, banging against a brick wall. And then in regards and that sports performance, mood. you know, if you look at it at that luteal yeah. phase, your ability to cool down is insufficient. So mm-hmm. you're hotter, your internal temperature heats up, your ability to cool down decreases. So you're sweating hot um, and you have lower pain threshold. 
you have slower recovery rate. So if you get, you know, you're going to feel injured. You go for a wax before your period. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Oh, yeah, because you feel pain an awful lot more, don't you? So, and yeah, so what, like, what, I mean, in an ideal world, mm-hmm. the week before you get your bleed, what could, what could you do? Phase. Yeah, what could you do in an ideal world? Or is it something that we have to look at throughout the whole cycle? that we mind ourselves throughout the whole cycle and work with, I think maybe that's where the tracking comes in, mm-hmm. that you're working with that. So then when it does come around to that time, maybe you're less likely to kill somebody. Well, it depends on what your actual symptoms are. Like there yeah. is some that can be helped and it's that hundred day cycle for the egg. Oh yes, yes, yes. So, but you know um... lots about Helena. <laughs> so basically the egg, you know, your egg takes a hundred days before Helena's it's actually... So even yeah, though so that period takes, is actually what you've been doing for 100 days previous. Exactly. So correct? if you're trying to conceive, what you're doing is you're strengthening your egg quality for 100 days, the best thing to do before you conceive, because what happens in those 100 days then will affect the egg quality. Yeah, or so that cycle. That's all. Yeah, exactly. That period. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, so sometimes if your mood is really bad mm-hmm. and you do have a lot of PMS, it could be things like diet nutrition um sleep stress exercise that you did 100 days previous yeah so looking at helping yourself for to have a healthy cycle that's relatively symptomless you do have to look at it look back backwards rather than just in that moment or you know Mm say you know the sick or you're away on a hen weekend having a great time but mm. what you did then really affects what happens at the, those 100 days later wow so it's about yeah. three months is it it's a three month cycle yeah so but you can if it's typical for you um to have certain symptoms what i would say to the girls if it's you know you don't sleep for two or three days before your mm. period and you have an exam or you have a party you want to go to or you have a match or a final well, you know, you're not going to sleep. So don't stress about it. You know, when you're not sleeping and you're awake, you know why it's happening because mm. it's typical. So then just maybe have a nap after school, have mm. a nap on your lunch break, have yeah. a nap when you come home from work. So kind of bank up on that extra sleep yeah, because you know that that's normal for you. So yeah. the fatigue then maybe doesn't set in. It's it's the whole not being aware of it. So that girl or that woman is just lying awake she doesn't recognize this has happened a month before mm. and a month yes. before yes. and a month before and it's like why can't I sleep why can't I sleep and it adds to the whole cortisone stress loop you know that makes things again, a million times worse again that's why maybe tracking is really good so if you track you it you know that. it yeah so, so it's just about body lit- literacy isn't it yes. understanding I your body that. So maybe we should um, start a little bit for people who aren't aware of, of their normal cycle. Oh, yeah. So um, typically, or not typically, standard is it's really three phases. So you have the start, the middle and the end. So the beginning is day one of your period. So when you get your bleed is day one and that's called your follicular phase. Mid-cycle typically is ovulation, which is actually only like 12 hours, is it? Or 24? Yeah, it depends how old you are. Yeah, so one day. Yeah, one day event. One day event, ovulation. Yay! And then after that, you go into your luteal phase, which can be no longer than 
16 days. So you can have a cycle that's on average between 21 and 35 days, but a teenager actually can have an average cycle of 21 to 45 days because their follicular phase um, is sometimes a little bit longer. So basically your follicular phase, which is when you get your period is between seven and 21 days, ovulation one day, and luteal is 10 to max 16 days. So it adds between, yeah, 21 to 45 days um, if you're a teenager, 35 if you're an adult female. Yeah. And that's what they would recommend is normal. I know in Chinese medicine, 35 is quite long, isn't it? I always look at anything really between 25 and 35 days. But okay. ideally, you know, we want it to balance. So anything really 27 to 32 max would be what I'd be looking for. And to make sure that there is definitely two main you can see the two main phases mm -hmm. and the follicular Amongst. phase at the beginning is mostly estrogen yeah. dominant then you have the ovulation and then after ovulation. that progesterone takes over yeah. into the luteal phase yeah. yeah i think the big thing that people don't realize is that ovulation is the main event like yeah. what you said but actually most women don't realize they may not ovulate no I know exactly um and well we can talk a little bit later about the contraceptive pills yeah but the the ovulation what's it called an 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 ovulatory cycle say it again an ovulatory an ovulatory an ovulatory cycle this is when you um your body doesn't ovulate so that this is very common in um polycystic ovaries for instance so your body is trying to ovulate so you might get the signs which is a bit of a trick mm. on your body and everything. Like you might get see mucus, you might, you know, feel you might be ovulating, but you're not. And then you, you end up having a longer cycle. So that's just a withdrawal bleed, really. Yeah. So, so you'll still bleed, bleed, but yeah, there's no ovulation. Bleed, but it's not a, a real bleed. And if there's no ovulation, there's no progesterone. Oh, exactly. And progesterone is the hormone that keeps us calm and it's all lovely and beautiful. Um allegedly balanced. if it's balanced <laughs> yeah. so that's why then um what women then how do they know if they ovulate and the big thing is their basal body temperature body temperature mm -hmm. that's how you know if you ovulate exactly. isn't that right yes yeah. so i work a lot with this because it's a really good way to see if you have actually ovulated yeah you know there's all the things like the apps and all this kind of thing. And I have so many people that come in to me and go, oh, yeah, my app says I ovulate on day 14. I'm like, but do you feel you ovulate on day 14? And they're like, well, the app says I do. Yeah, mm. but the app don't know. Shit. The app doesn't know. So what a really good way of doing it is this, get people to check their body temperatures. It's the one really effective tool that can provide key insight into have you ovulated, what your hormone health is like, you know, and the, the thyroid function, all these kind of things. So it's it's taken, um, you take your temperature when your body is at rest. Mm -hmm. So it's the and it's the lowest body temperature that you'll experience throughout the day. So you know they have been in bed for about five hours and they take the first thing in the morning okay. and you can chart it in the apps or on a sheet of paper and it, it should show that in the first half of your cycle it's quite low and then you should have and to, to show that you've ovulated you need a half a degree shift mm. and that that raises the temp and that, that's the progesterone raising the temperature so when you've ovulated you release progesterone and the progesterone gives you the shift i hope that makes sense yeah <laughs> yeah and then that keeps the temperature up so yeah. you have like a low phase and then you have a little bit of a dip then the temperature shoots up and then you have a high phase so it's that sort of correlates so by 
tracking a few cycles, you can see, okay, no, you're actually ovulating on day 16. Mm -hmm. This should correlate then with your cervical mucus, which is a big thing that I would get women to check out as well. And again, the app says, oh yeah, no, the app says I, you know, I have mucus on day 12, but this woman then went on to have a temperature shift on day 14. So she didn't ovulate on day 12, she ovulated on day 14, 15. So you can see so much more. And then that, educating that's, that's why the, the woman is warmer. That's why the woman is warmer. You know, and progesterone. if she's exercising or yeah. playing a sport, yeah. then she heats up faster because she's, her starting temperature is, is, higher. is higher. Yeah. So if you think about if you were an athlete or a young girl playing a sport and you're overheating and your performance is affected, yes. but she doesn't understand it. And then the coach is shouting and roaring at her. And it's just the natural it's a really healthy sign. Yeah, it's really healthy. But, I, but you can even you can apply that to just practically everything then in life, even work. Just oh, everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you're kind of going, oh, I need to open that window mm. again and all that kind of crack. Yeah. Like half a degree is quite, it's a yeah. significant shift, really. Yeah. yeah. And you know what I find amazing? Um, now, I can't. I don't know, maybe it's the Irish education. I'm terrible at pronouncing fancy words. Helen is much better. But, but um, you know, the, the follicle, the egg is released. Yeah. Progesterone kicks off. But you know where the progesterone is secreted from? Oh, yeah, from the corpus luteum. That's the one. Yeah. And do you know what the corpus luteum is? No. D- uh, yes, I do. But tell me. Well, I'm not fancy. <laughs> I do and I don't. Care but it about. basically is... What? It's the emptied follicle restructures itself into a progesterone secreting gland. So your body makes a gland at high speed and it grows up to four centimeters in one day. It's the only thing like your body does not do anything that efficiently ever. No, but it does it every month. uh, The menstrual cycle is amazing. Like four centimetres gland grows every month from leftover tissue. So that produces progesterone. And then that also feeds a pregnancy. Yeah. So then if if you... If you... If mm -hmm. you're pregnant. And the the body core temperature, I'm not sure if this is correct, but I like to think it is. It heats up because, you know, it's making the home nice and warm for a little bit. It's making it all nasty. Yeah. Yeah. And that the corpus luteum. Yeah feeds the baby or the embryo until the placenta grows when from about nine weeks from nine weeks no sorry i'm yes nine weeks sorry (laughs) but like that's absolutely scientifically amazing it starts to go to nine weeks and it's fully functioning by 12 weeks like crazy center and your pituitary gland then take over and the corpus luteum just shrinks back yeah and that's it it's it's finished with so, so much of this information that we don't know, though. Mm. I know. Uh, uh, I might, can I segue a little bit into, like, you, you You mentioned sex education in Ireland. That Blind Boy has a great podcast. Oh, Blind Boy. We are Blind Boy We're fans. Big, if you're listening to this, yeah. Blind Boy, come see us. We love you. <laughs> we love you. Um, so he had um, there a while ago a lady called <laughs> Sophia Smith-Galler. She's a journalist and an author. And she actually, her biggest platform would be TikTok, but she's... It's all about sex education. Mm-hmm. Um, so he and she reports for Vice as well. Oh, really? Um, What's but, Vice? Um, it's a, a world news channel. Oh, right. OK. Um, but they're quite kind of very. Um, it, yeah, it'll be. Oh, it's for the cool kids. I, I won't, don't want to yeah. say left. Yeah, but well, they're very, very, left. very objective rather yes. than subjective. So they will look at everything. OK. Um. 
uh, yeah, she she does great stuff. But the, I I would recommend everyone listen to this podcast. I yes. have to listen to it again. It's from January eighteenth of January this year, twenty twenty three. Um, sex education from a health journalist, and she just she talks. She adds little bits. She talks like this one. Forty five percent of male university students say they can label the nubus on a diagram of the female system. But I'm like, what the hell is... What's a nubus? I don't know what a nubus is. And is she going to tell me any more about it? Can you find the nubus? And I'm like, what? No, I can't. It's like that video um, that went is around on YouTube. I think it is. Let's look it up. Go on, Max. Or maybe it's not. Or just and an, somebody was going around asking guys on straight in America yes. about, you know, can you wear a tampon? Can you pee oh, with a tampon yeah, in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, No. Obviously, like they don't even know there's three openings. Yeah, it's also funny. But it's not funny on Instagram the other week about um I don't know it was about sex education and tampons and someone had said, "Can't you just wait to have your period until you get home?" It's about because they wanted to put sanitary products in the toilets at school, and they were like, "Can't you just wait till you get home to have a period?" Did I send that to you? Yeah, I saw that. It's really good. This you're (laughs) going to find this interesting. A poll. (laughs) So this is kind of funny. We're catching ourselves out here. A poll of university students in the UK has revealed that 45 percent of male students said they could confidently label a part of the female female anatomy that was entirely made made up. So there's no such <laughs> She has this up on her thing. Oh, um, female students, thirty-one percent said they would be confident in labeling the nubus, which definitely doesn't exist. Wow. So that just shows. I'm so glad you. I didn't try and yeah. Bring that. What's the clitoris called? Um, yeah, we have to Google that. Yes, yeah. yeah. I just think though, just talking about the hood of the clitoris, isn't that amazing? <laughs> and it could just go. Yeah, I'm in here now. I'm, pic- <laughs> I'm picturing somebody from Hogwarts yeah. here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Harry Potter. Um, but, but like, what I find really bizarre about sex education, like I know yours has been different to mine, but like you're only taught about yes. the period. Yeah. You're not taught about the rest of the time. No. So say it's twenty eight day cycle. You're taught about the five day bleed. You're not taught about the and pregnancies. And how to avoid it. Anatomically, what our clitoris looks like. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it was the middle of the pandemic. Somebody put up a picture. I might have talked about this before. Put up a picture of it. And I started crying because I was like, I've never <laughs> seen, never seen the anatomy of the clitoris. Never, in all the anatomy books, never saw it once. Really? Never saw it once. Did I tell you this about um, a while ago? Donica and Nilo were having a bath together, which is fine, the brother and sister. And I was just the bath's like in uh, my auntie. So I'm out and about getting towels ready or whatever. And so I hear Donica saying, um, yeah, no, Nila, that's my penis and that's your vagina. <laughs> and I nearly died. And then I thought, no, backtrack, yeah. backtrack. And um, then she, he's like, yeah, vagina. And she's going, vagina. And he's like, yeah, it's called vagina. And she's like, vagina. And then I thought, oh, no, this is my fault. No, it's okay. But then I asked him later when things calm down. And they just teach it at school now. So it's things not, are changing. Yeah. And it's not putting, you know, cutesy little words. Yeah, exactly. Like that on it. Oh, yeah, he's just like, I'm going to my penis in the vagina. Yeah. But then I told my husband later on, and he wasn't too impressed. Because people are still very, 
you know, once I explained it, it was fine. I'm like, it's just anatomy. It's just the correct yeah. terminology. Is that not better than him saying something else? Yeah. Like, if you start to put that on him, yeah. that it's a bad word. Yeah. Like, he said it would, I've never told yes. him that. Like, I genuinely didn't. It's just taught to him. Yeah. And it was just standard. Yeah. It's the shame. Yeah. You start putting shame on that. And that ends up opening up a whole other yeah. can of words. Because we would never have said those words. Yeah. It'd be like, oh, me little hoo-ha, private part. <laughs> and it's all funny and hilarious. Yeah. And yet, you know, such an important part of our bodies. So there's a six-year-old able to, to say a vagina I love better it. than most adults. It's great. Love it. Go, Dan. Yeah, well done. Well, well done. go is teacher who's teaching it. He's good then. He, she's but good. I think on the curriculum in primary schools, like, it's you know. Changed. Yeah, yeah. Like vagina, penis, clitoris. They're all words that are. Good. It's great. No, but, but there's a. Then. Yeah, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of, a lot of. Does that depend on what kind of friend goes against it, you know, as well? It wouldn't be just. Would that put Helena? It depends probably on the school and the teacher. It does. Yeah, of course. Oh my God. Like, I I think we had one, a half hour in the Catholic girls' school. We'd like half an hour of sex education. Those that did biology probably learned a little bit more. But there was all the tittering and laughing around. Uh, yeah, because it typically time. typically would start with, now this might be embarrassing for someone. If any of you laugh, you'll be sent out of the room. That's what I yeah. remember. Yeah. So then you're like, I don't know what I'm laughing at, but I'm sure it's meant to be it's funny. Quite good. You're sex educated. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, I think in the UK, it tends it, it's, it's, tend yeah, to be it's less shrouded in the shame. We were putting condoms on there. Jesus Christ. Jesus weeps. We never did that. <laughs> I think we must have been We wouldn't even have bananas. We not have a freaking condom. You couldn't buy a bloody condom until, what was it, 1980? Hold on, I need to look this up. Because... And um, this is so giving away too much information, but I know this because I'm still so young. But when I was in school and, you know, the crack of people would be starting to become sexually active, mm. like lads would just carry one condom around uh, in their wallet for 75 yeah. years mm. that someone had stolen or bought a pack or I don't know. Someone... You'd have no faith in it. No, sure. I'm <laughs> They'd be carrying around like delighted until the day. There's no way it worked. It's probably gone off. Contraception <laughs> in Ireland um, was illegal. Strawberry flavor. Sorry. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, contraception was illegal in Ireland from 1935 until 1980, when it was legalized with strong restrictions and later loosened. Ban reflected Catholic teachings on sexual morality. But mm-hmm. it's like that. I still haven't read it because my head's still at my ass. Um, about the train. Yes. The 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 contraception train. Yeah. From the from Na- Belfast. May twenty second, nineteen seventy one. A group of Irish feminists. Um, what was her name? That lady from the north, Nell McCafferty. Was- she was one of the main instigators in that one. Well, brilliant lady. Um, they went up to buy uh, the pill, etc., and didn't, did they get arrested on the way back down? Travel by train. Uh, provoked criticism from the church. La la la. It doesn't really say anything else. But sure, that's um, why the pill now is so problematic because it was originally, um, <clears throat> obviously designed as a contraception, but it was not. You know, you weren't allowed really have contraception. So then they put a spin on it that it 
inverted commas, regulated yeah. your period. I guess, I guess like bollocks in the whole world. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it stuck. But how it started was because, you you know, it was, it was unethical to use contraception. So they changed the, sp- the narrative. But now that narrative is just such misinformed so information. You know, it doesn't. And so many people still think, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's regulated my periods. But it hasn't. No. You do not get a, you, it's it is not yeah. a hormonal yeah. bleed. It is not a period. It's yeah. a withdrawal bleed. Yeah. So if we talk about ovulation and the mass of big Harard and how it grows an actual gland of four centimetres that releases progesterone that calms and promotes okay. metabolism and all other bodily functions. But what the pill does is stop yeah. ovulation. Yeah. So then you yeah. you know, and a sign of ill health in a female is if they don't ovulate and they don't get progesterone, that can be significant sign that that woman isn't on her optimal health. So then if you take the pill and you're stopping it synthetically, yeah, what does that do to your overall health? I'm confused. Yeah. I'm fair juice to my mother, because when I was coming up, um, she would have said to us take the pill if you want but just know that you are that you're stuck it, it shuts down your ovaries mm-hmm. you're shutting it down just yeah. know that that's what's happening whereas some parents think that because they've been told by their gp so you have a 14 year old girl got her period it's really really heavy it's really irregular mm-hmm. and she's maybe upset and she's in pain which is all natural and normal until the estrogen levels kind of balance out um, but you bring her to the doctor, obviously, because you're concerned and you're her parent. And the doctor tells you, well, look, we need to regulate her period. So we'll put her on the pill to regulate it and make her better. But you're not regulating it. You're completely stopping it. And then when she comes off the pill, maybe when she's like 17, 20, 25, whatever, next thing, she's just starting from scratch again. So the exact same thing will happen. And I see that all the time. You know, I have these young women coming into me in their late 20s and they're like, oh, I've been on the pill for 10 years. Mm. I was on it to regulate my period and now my period's gone haywire. Mm. I'm like, well, what was your signs and symptoms before you went on the pill? Oh, yeah, they were heavy. They were really irregular. Mm. But this is very common for teenagers. Because yeah. So estrogen receptors are not mature yet. So yeah. It takes such a long time for your periods as a teenager to regulate mm-hmm. without any contraception, without mm. the pill. So you're just going to be going back into all that. But then- And then the woman is, what happens? She then is, you know, I'm off the pill next. Like, oh, I want to have a baby. So then what happens is they go from contraceptive pill to fertility drugs. Mm, yeah. yeah. Never actually no. having a normal ebb and flow Not cycle. Not yourself that time. The disconnect. Yeah, That's it's crazy. just insane. Crazy. Like when you think about it, it's like we're all, well, I'm not on the pill, but I mean, so many women just walking around sedated but from I a natural female woman hood. Like in 10 years and I completely abused Back to back. I used to be, I, I I think I ruined myself by taking the pill. I really think my fertility issues were because I abused the pill. Really? And the pill as well now, like the pill, look, I'm not against the pill. The pill is there, it's for a reason. And it's a hell of a lot better than it was 20 years ago, mm-hmm. let's say. Because it was re- it was like with HRT, it's changed a lot as well, hasn't it? Whereas, yeah. you know, the pill, yeah. it was quite strong with its level of um, hormones 20, 30 years yeah. ago. Whereas now it is very slight, but still, there's still the abuse happening. There's yeah. still the ineducation, the ineducation about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I read recently 
that um, <clears throat> if you actually can be aware of your fertility and track your ovulation through basal body mm-hmm. temperature, it's called the FAM, F-A-M, mm-hmm. Fertility Awareness Method, yeah. compared to the pill. So the pill has 0.3% chance of preventing pregnancy, mm-hmm. an unwanted pregnancy, and the FAM method has 0.6%. Mm-hmm. So they're yeah. both very, very simple, like they're as effective. Oh. Oh. But the FAM, if taught properly and understood properly, stops all, like you're stopping drugging yourself exactly. with well synthetic hormones that are unnatural and made in a lab. But when I did mm. my lab rats, that's like, what we are. I did a, <laughs> I did a few years ago when a lot of it was um, gynecology and um we had this amazing German woman in, um, she was amazing. Anyway, but she said in Germany that they teach young girls, teenage girls, the FAM method. So you'd have the basal body temperature, mm-hmm. they'd teach you about mucus. Mm-hmm. So th- 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 this was part of their sex education. And they were all given, like, you can get bracelets, which check you. You don't have to do the temp charting anymore. You can get bracelets. That oh, do it. yeah. And now they're expensive, but I think... They're probably been subsidized exactly yeah. this was mm. preventing women from going on young women going on the pill and also prevent you know educating them on what is going on with their bodies because mm. I think I've said this before I had a friend who said to me oh she must have been in her late 20s 30s and she said I'm gonna have to go to the doctors because I've got all this stuff coming out of me mm. <laughs> and I'm like what do you mean what stuff and she's like well like jelly stuff I said that's ovulation yeah that's your body working mm, so this the mucus is basically um if you are it, it, the sperm protects the sperm and yes. like supercharges it up to the yes. fallopian tubes so is that right yeah so it goes sticky creamy egg whitey wet and basically the egg whitey wet the sticky the, sorry the creamy egg whitey wet mucus are the fertile mucus mucuses mm-hmm. and they help facilitate the movement of the sperm up towards the ovaries so, so completely natural and normal exactly, exactly and healthy and healthy and healthy it's very oh and it protects against infection then and it protects the cervix yeah um it helps the uterine lining you know it's amazing in 2015, I think I've said this maybe on a podcast before, but the American College of Obstetrician and Gynecologists stated that menstruation in girls and adolescents um, is a vital sign for yeah. optimal, yes. optimal oh, health. Oh, yes, we did talk about yeah. that before, yes. So, yes. so, I mean, like, it's a vital sign for female health yeah, and that every GP should ask mm. a girl of menstruation age yeah. or an adult, a female um basically when she presents with whatever her ailment is what is her cycle like so how come and where the time now because we don't want to because we could talk about this forever but for our episode or comeback episode um Hmm. how can we make the most out of our cycle we make the most i don't know how can we make the most out of our cycle like again does that go back to the tracking i think the first thing is just not to um be negative towards it mm. that it's a really positive powerful thing like in regards estrogen i mean well like what does estrogen do it boosts your serotonin levels which is your happy hormone it boosts your dopamine um cools you down like um race it enhances your sensitivity mm. to insulin which yeah. insulin insensitivity is a big 
problem, which we can maybe talk about or Ellen McCann in you another know, when, podcast. When I'm hearing you say all this as well. And then I'm relaying it back to like menopause and perimenopause symptoms. Yeah. It's all there. Yeah. So basically the menopause, when the, when the shit kicks off, oh, yeah. it's because your hormones are out of sync yeah. and like hormones and like menopausal women would probably give their right arm to get those hormones back. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I think I, I do you know what I mean? It's only week. when they're gone, you realize how oh, yeah. they actually keep you functioning. They're amazing. They're amazing. But I, I wish I had had all that knowledge you know 20 30 years ago I wish I'd known all of this but I think but, said, you know. I think I've said this before though but it's like the perimenopause is now seen as your second um puberty mm, yeah that's it that's exactly what it feels so your like things mm. surging yeah. and then on your perimenopause it's it's crashing down the other way yeah like that <laughs> like, but it, it is kind of true um so I think understanding it appreciating it not giving it so much negativity and to if you understand it and you track it that's step one yeah and then once you track something you become knowledgeable in it like knowledge is power and then you have more control like even I mean I would say 98 percent of females that I get in and you know they might come in with whatever say an ankle injury twist your ankle but then we're chit-chatting and there's always the same loop I'm tired I maybe have IBS my bells don't work I'm swollen my boobs are sore I'm so irritable I'm sweating you know Absolutely. and it's like hormonal fluctuations yeah but they're going against their yeah, hormones absolutely. then they're going against them because mm-hmm. they don't understand how diet affects it nutrition sleep stress alcohol and they're trying to suppress it all the time um which just feeds into the loop of stress anxiety it's like, pain it's like they are the pill themselves and yeah. they're doing the same mm, thing exactly. every week yes but you exactly. can't, you have to listen to your body. Like, because uh, we are gentle movement through, mm. well, I would always say gentle movement through a period. It's just my way of thinking. I know you might think differently, but like then, then you build up and you can do your weights like around ovulation. I know that weight training and all you're that stronger, stuff, you're yeah. stronger, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. stronger. So you, and you feel amazing. Yeah. Mm. And then it depends what you're doing like if you're trying to conceive out or do I say look calm that down again back to yoga you know all that kind of thing yeah. walking slow it down in the progesterone phase but it depends what you're doing you know? and do you know that if it. if you can understand that cyclical movement and that time and everything then when you do go into perimenopause and menopause that you can then okay so you might lose that cycle but then you might look at other different cycles that you can bring into yourself Mm -hmm. to kind of still have that understanding of what is going on I mean we're part of nature Mm. we're part of nature but then you forget like the other day I was out working out with you what is wrong with me Mm -hmm. I was like oh I found a bar of chocolate, a whole bar of chocolate and I was really emotional I was like this was in clinic I was working (laughs) and I was like yeah, yeah. it's like oh yeah. God. but it's like maybe Thank we're goodness. just creatures of not i find females you just naturally punish yourself for no reason mm. in regards everything mm. every aspect so the cycle is just another tick in the box yeah. you know we we exercise harder when really we should be resting mm, yeah we eat and crave certain foods because of our hormones and then we eat them with anger and venom yeah. and then punish that ourselves for it. Yeah. guilt you know or you shame again you don't maybe um achieve as much 
when you should be resting because of the natural ebb and flow in regards work or you're not studying or you're not doing the 50 million Instagram posts and you punish yourself for it. You tell yourself you're useless, you know, because, and it's just, if you un, yeah. (laughs) So that's anyway, maybe a takeaway from all of this. I'd like from me. Yeah. Don't drink the wine. Isn't that a thing? Don't drink the wine wine that helps it's like a, you know it's another thing that bothers me about women oh wine time wine time oh sorry <laughs> actually I need that wine. Be, do you know that would be a really good one to, to talk about <laughs> alcohol as well okay so look we have so much we have so much tune in next about. week for episode two we have so much to talk about brought to you by diagio diagio vamos <laughs> Maybe the takeaway is education. Yeah. Education, education, education. But education for what works for you. Because what works for you, Brenda, is not going to work for me. Exactly. You know, you need to really be on top of your sciences. Yes. Mm -hmm. Tune in. And there is really good apps. Actually, I'm going to say I wrote down some apps that somebody had said. Uh, Daisy. Um, is a really good one it take if you take your temperature and then you can pop it in and it uses a computer algorithm to calculate your zones the d d d a y s y uh kendra k i n kendra yeah um and clue very good but if you try to conceive there are no good i think they're a big no no they just give you a rough idea is that it they wreck your head okay well, we will talk about that maybe yeah, in our episode in about one. fertility. Okay, so who's who's who wants to talk about their book? Brenda. Oh, well, I don't know if because no, no, one. Well, okay, oh, me. Maybe I did this one before. Did I? Wild power. No, I didn't. We did. Okay, so this would tie in then with menstrual cycle awareness, and um, it's wild power. Margaret is holding up hers. My version. Um, by Alexandra Pope and Sanya Hugo Verlitzer, uh, two both amazing women. They've written loads about the inner architecture and the path to power that is encoded in your body. So it's all about, I would definitely recommend. They're very um, powerful. Yeah, everyone to, every woman to read this, everyone who's interested in women's health to read this uh, wild power, discovering the magic of your menstrual cycle and awaken the feminine path to power. Amazing. So I think um, that's us for our episode coming back. Sorry to everybody for the long wait in us coming back, but I'm I'm sure this episode has uh, made it all the worthwhile. And as always, if you enjoy and like what we do, please like, subscribe, share with your friends. We've actually started up a Patreon page. We had discussed about whether we wanted to do a sponsorship or not. But we decided if we did do sponsorship, that would mean we may be dictated to in some way about what we can and cannot say. And Lord knows we have a lot that we want to say. Not everyone might agree with us mm-hmm. and nobody's going to tell us what we can and cannot say either. Yeah, so, yeah. yes, big time. So uh, Patreon page, Wild Women Within podcast, if you feel like um, we're kind of going to start posting up a little bit more on that as well. There'll be extras for people who uh, join in too. So um, if that sounds like something you'd like to do, anything at all would always be gratefully accepted. And of course, I'd say we were a little bit influenced by Blind Boy on that one as well, because he talks about the sinus, soundness and goodness of people doing that. that. I know, he's just so gorgeous. Well, you can't see his face. Oh, but he's so gorgeous. And I'm dang, girl. I know. I'm so bad. I'm dang. He's so ovulating. 
Hilarious. <laughs> All right. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, everyone. <laughs>